Hey, I'm Dr. Michael Hunter, forensic pathologist from Autopsy, Reels Channel's medical mystery series on Podcast One and Apple Podcasts. Be sure to download the Podcast One app and subscribe. Then go to reels.com, that's R-E-E-L-Z.com, to find more programs like this one on Reels Channel. Good evening. We begin tonight with the shocking death of popular Canadian actor Corey Monteith. Known to millions of fans around the world as Finn on the hit show Glee. Corey, 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 Corey Monteith was a global superstar. The clean-cut all-American quarterback on Glee. Idolized by millions of teens around the world. There was just girls just coming out of the streets. Just constantly just trying to get like a piece of him. Blessed with a talent for acting and genuine Mr. Nice Guy charm. The minute he walked into the room, it would just light up and everybody loved him. But at noon on July 13th, 2013, Corey Monteith was found dead in his Vancouver hotel room. He was 31 and it doesn't seem right. All day on this downtown Vancouver street, fans streamed by remembering Corey Monteith. Two days later, an autopsy is carried out. When the results are inconclusive, there's wild speculation of a dangerous double life. Corey was very much able to keep secret this very personal struggle. If you look at pictures of Corey Monteith taken just days before his death, you can see that he's in the prime of his life. He's healthy, he's clean cut. He looks relaxed. Certainly not the appearance of someone that you would expect to die suddenly in a hotel room at such a young age. The question I have is what was happening in his body for him to die so suddenly? Dr. Michael Hunter is a world-renowned forensic pathologist. He's performed over 4,000 autopsies to investigate and reveal the cause of death. Today, he's the chief medical examiner in one of America's biggest cities. The coroner's report states that Corey's death was accidental. But how does an extremely fit young man die accidentally if he wasn't involved in some type of violent incident? such as a car crash. This is a complex case, and I need to examine not just the evidence from the autopsy report, but also that associated with witness statements, as well as getting a good understanding of his personal background to really understand what went wrong. July 6th, 2013 one week before his death. Corey checks into the Fairmont Pacific Rim Hotel in downtown Vancouver. He's just flown in from Los Angeles, having finished filming season four of the worldwide hit Glee, and is back in his home country for some downtime. Already a millionaire thanks to Glee, he has left girlfriend and co-star Leah Michelle behind, and is planning on doing some hiking, as well as meeting up with friends. I can see from the reports that at the time of his death, externally, Corey was fit, he's healthy, 
He's tall. He's about six foot four inches. He's slim. He's the right weight for his height, and he's athletic. There are no signs of trauma, bruising, or evidence of other injuries. There is nothing going on here that's concerning. Corey Monteith was born in Calgary, Alberta, on May 11, 1982. The youngest son of an interior decorator and a soldier. His early childhood was a happy one. But when he was seven, Corey's parents decided to split. After they divorced, Corey saw little of his father and had difficulties at school. Jackie Case, acting coach. I could just see that he had had a rough childhood. There was a deep sense of loss in his background. That feeling of loss, um, his father not being present. And I think it was always in the back of his mind. Welcome back to the show, Corey Monty. In an interview in 2011, two years before he died, Corey explained the impact this had on his school life. All of a sudden, I was like, I'm going to be I'm going to be this bad kid. And other kids are going to be like, oh, he's the bad kid. And so he's cool. And so they'll want to hang out with me. Michael Reed, friend and journalist. He flat out said to me, uh, high school really was not my thing. You know, I, I wanted to be a hooligan. At 16, he finally left school for good. He worked varying jobs, including roofing, telemarketing and cab driving. Before a friend suggested he try acting as he explained on Canadian radio in 2009. Somebody said, you know, I have this friend who runs an acting studio. You should take his class or meet him at least. And I, I thought, you know, what, why? What am I going to do, community theater? What am I going to do? I mean, I'm trying to pay the rent. And so I was like, you could, they pay you to do this? What do you mean? <laughs> you know, and so I was like, that's great. That's fantastic. I don't want to be a telemarketer. Acting coach Jackie Casey sensed he had what it took from the moment she met him. I remember a conversation with another casting director and she said, oh, Jackie, have you, have you, have you met Corey Monteith yet? And I said, yeah, you know, what a wonderful young man. And she said, do you agree he's going to be a star? And I said, absolutely, absolutely he's going to be a star. But it was eight years later, in 2009, that Corey got his big break when he auditioned for a new show called Glee. Glee is a show that had singing, it had dancing, none of which Corey had, and he knew it. But he was a musician, and he was a drummer. It was a homemade tape which got him the audition. To show them I'm musically minded, I could play the drums. But for the purpose of taping, uh, we didn't have any drums, so we went into the kitchen and got uh, Tupperware and wine glasses and unsharpened pencils. needs you, Finn. I'm totally honored you asked me, but don't you think you should pick somebody who, like, cares more? Corey got the lead role as Finn Hudson, the all-American quarterback jock. I don't think when he got the role in Glee, he even believed it himself. But Corey's self-doubt was soon forgotten. The pilot was watched by almost 10 million viewers, and season one would win 37 awards. In my experience, one of the few reasons why someone so healthy and young dies so suddenly is congenital heart disease. 
What this means is if his heart was placed under strain, it could eventually stop without warning. July 8th, 2013, five days before his death. Corey sets out on a tough four-day hike across the southwestern coast of Vancouver Island. Only the physically fit are advised to take on this challenging 30-mile wilderness trail. Joe McLeod, actor and close friend. Corey, Corey was a very outdoorsy guy. He loved nature. He had a big love of, you know, snowboarding. Going through the report, it's clear that he was physically capable of completing the hike. The coroner found really no underlying issues with his heart or arterial defects that might have caused his heart to stop. So I can rule out congenital heart disease. But Dr. Hunter does find something surprising. I can see from the coroner's report that alcohol was found in his bloodstream. Again, this is nothing to be worried about, but it is surprising given that Corey is a self-proclaimed non-drinker. Own iconic luxury items at unreal value with The Real Real, the leading reseller of authenticated luxury consignment from top designers like Louis Vuitton, Gucci, Rolex, Cartier, and hundreds more at up to 90% off retail. They really do have some amazing deals. You can shop and consign women's and men's luxury fashion and streetwear, as well as find jewelry, watches, art, and home. New items hit the site daily, and every piece undergoes The Real Real's meticulous authentication process. In fact, The Real Real employs over 100 brand specialists, gemologists, horologists, and art curators from around the globe who inspect thousands of items each day to ensure that every item is authenticated. Shop luxury the sustainable way. Go online, download the app, or visit one of their stores in Soho or West Hollywood or their newest location at 870 Madison Avenue in New York. Plus consigners, you can try out the Real Reels white glove service for free in-home pickup today. I really love browsing the realreal.com. They make it so easy to find really nice gifts for friends and family, especially with Valentine's Day coming up. You can look for a nice necklace or handbag or something fun even for yourself. I looked through and found a really fun necklace that I'm hoping that I can get for myself or maybe even as a gift. It was from Cartier and at an amazing price, almost 80% off retail, which is crazy. Shop in-store, online, or download the app and receive $25 off your first purchase as well as 20% off select items when you use the promo code real. That's the realreal.com promo code real for 20% off select items. The whole time I knew him, he was sober and he never drank at all. I was definitely drinking a lot and we were going out a lot and he was there with us the whole the whole ride and you know, he never faltered and he was good at it. He was good at being sober. Contrary to what his friends think, the reports state that Corey had experienced a number of sessions in rehab during his life. And it's clear that Corey Monteith did have an issue with alcohol abuse. 1995, Victoria, British Columbia. 13-year-old Corey is doing what he does regularly, skipping school to get drunk. He later revealed the extent of that drinking to the press. James Desborough, Hollywood journalist. He was drinking dozens of beers on nights out and getting absolutely wasted. Dr. Linda Papadopoulos, psychologist. When kids experience trauma, 
very young. Um, we know now that it can have a significant impact later in life, both in terms of uh, emotional health, resilience, mental illness, depression, addiction in particular. In fact, we know that the more trauma they experience, the more likely they are to become addicts. Corey would later state, I burned a lot of bridges. I was out of control. We live in an amazing world today. Our face unlocks our phone. We have apps that let us order pizza to a yoga class. We have conversations with our watches. But one thing is the same, coloring our hair. The options are either go to a salon and spend lots of time and money or grab a box kit at the drugstore and that can always dry out your hair and you never really know what the actual color is going to be so you're always taking a bit of a risk but now there's a new way madison reed it took a strong woman to shake up the hair coloring world and amy Arrett did just that with madison reed the company she named after her daughter and if you're thinking okay but how do i match my color don't worry madison reed gives you the tools you need so you can color with confidence get ammonia free multi-tonal hair color delivered to your door for less than 25 dollars visit madison-reed.com that's madison dashread.com and now autopsy listeners get 10% off plus free shipping on your first color kit use code autopsy that's code autopsy drinking to excess in childhood can result in irreversible damage to two particularly vulnerable areas in the brain alcohol suppresses the activities of neural pathways in the hippocampus which is responsible for memory and learning and the prefrontal lobe vital to planning judgment and decision-making. Excessive drinking at such a young age can cause damage, setting up a lifetime of addiction, and it can be fatal. In 2001, Corey's mother was forced to intervene, sending her 19-year-old son to rehab to dry out. On exiting, Corey was plucked from the streets and given the chance to study acting. Hi there, I'm Corey Monty. And here's Joe McLeod. Hi, I'm Joe McLeod. Um, When Joe McLeod met him five years later to work on MTV series Kaya, Corey had turned his life around. When I met Corey, he was, I think, about seven or eight years sober. He told me about this dark past, and, and to be honest, I never believed him. I mean, I thought he was making it up. Even surrounded by the temptations of Tinseltown, Corey stayed strong. The first or second season of Glee went down and and uh, and went to a party at his at his place and lots of people, big pool, you know, a lot of a lot of people having fun and you know a lot of drinks going around and you know there's Corey with the fake beer, you know, just hanging out and and being totally sociable. It would come up every now and then, and it and, and it would it always seemed like something that was a distant past of his. By the time the first season of Glee had aired in June 2010, Corey had become a major star, and understood the importance of his sobriety. I actually asked him, you know, you're in L.A., you've got this temptation. There's parties. How do you manage to kind of stay the course? And he said, I just keep my eye on the prize. I partied hard. My partying days are behind me. 
But on the night of his death, did Corey relapse and drink himself to death? Toxicology report shows that he has a 0.13 milligrams percent of ethyl alcohol in his system. So he's only moderately intoxicated. This level is insufficient to have killed him. But 31-year-old healthy young men don't just expire in their rooms for no reason. There's a lot more in this autopsy report that could have killed him. My cats are starting to feel like part of my family. We brought them in as kittens, and now they're starting to grow and explore and just sort of like find out everything on their own. But as much as I love my kittens, I'm not fond of the stink bombs they leave in their litter box. Everything from cleaning to covering up the smell is a constant battle. That's why I use Pretty Litter. Pretty Litter is kitty litter reinvented. Unlike traditional litter, Pretty Litter's super light crystals trap odor and release moisture, resulting in dry, low-maintenance litter that doesn't smell. And Pretty Litter is virtually dust-free because it's manufactured with a specialized de-dusting process. Less dust and no fuss, which I love. Pretty Litter also spares my sanity and storage space. It's shipped in a small, lightweight bag that lasts an entire month. No more bulky containers or frequent tips to the store. I love that I don't have to deal with the hassle of buying litter in the store anymore and carrying big bags, and especially when you're in an apartment like I am and you have to haul it all the way up the stairs and just storing it, and it takes up so much space. Pretty Litter is such an amazing option. But above all else, here's why Pretty Litter is a pet parent's hero. It's a health indicator. Pretty Litter monitors my cat's health by changing colors when it detects potential underlying issues. You won't find that kind of innovation in conventional litter. Do what I did and make the switch to Pretty Litter today by visiting prettylitter.com and use promo code AUTOPSY for 20% off your first order. That's prettylitter.com, promo code AUTOPSY for 20% off. prettylitter.com, promo code AUTOPSY. July 13th, 2013. Glee star Corey Monteith is found dead in his Vancouver hotel. The world is stunned by the news. Corey Monteith? An autopsy proves inconclusive. With the cause of death still shrouded in mystery, forensic pathologist Dr. Michael Hunter is searching for vital clues to explain his sudden death. I've ruled out a congenital heart problem, an obvious killer of a healthy person like Corey. Despite Corey's apparent success, in fighting his long-term drinking problem. Alcohol was found in his system, but it was at an insufficient level to have killed him. So I'm still looking for his cause of death. July 11th, 2013, 48 hours before his death. Corey is out shopping but this is no ordinary shopping trip. He's had a head shop, a store specializing in the sale of smoking paraphernalia. Before he leaves, Corey buys a glass pipe. The coroner's report contains a clue as to why he may have wanted it. The report states, and I quote, Mr. Monteith had a history of illicit drug use. In an interview with Parade magazine in 2011, just two years before his death, Corey laid bare his dark past. <laughs> he confessed that at a young age, 
His gateway into drugs was marijuana. But he quickly graduated onto anything and everything as much as possible. It ranged from ecstasy, cocaine, crystal meth, and even abusive prescription drugs. So, had Corey bought a pipe to smoke these drugs, crack cocaine and crystal methamphetamine? Crack cocaine is one of the most addictive drugs and highly dangerous. It floods the brain with dopamine, which is a neurotransmitter associated with pleasure. Cocaine is mixed with water and baking soda or ammonia to create a more potent drug that can be smoked. Once the vapors are inhaled, the user will experience an immediate intense high. But once that rush starts to subside, that user will have severe cravings for more. An overdose can cause unconsciousness, a stroke, or a heart attack leading to death. It wouldn't have been the first time Corey had overdosed. In 1997, aged just 15, Corey's drug taking resulted in a code blue, which is a cardiac or respiratory arrest. As Corey would later admit, he was lucky to be alive. The following year, his addictions landed him on the streets. Corey had become so desperate and so fixated on drugs that his own welfare was irrelevant to him. Sleeping rough, he was stealing from his family to get money to buy any drugs he could get his hands on. In 2001, age 19, Corey was given an ultimatum by his family. If he didn't quit drugs, they would press criminal charges. Corey decided to go clean. Uh, oh, wait, look at that. It's Corey Monteith. Star of MTV's Kaya. What's going on, Corey? All this pressure. By 2006, Corey had turned his life around and had a lead role in Kaya, a hit drama series about a group of gifted musicians. Co-star Joe McLeod hit it off with Corey from the get-go. The whole time I knew him, he was sober and definitely never did any drugs. What are you going to do, Gunner? It pleasantly surprised me that somebody who had had drug problems that was a good try. had been able to rise above all of those issues, press the reset button, and pursue his passion. I thought that was phenomenal. Hi. You having a good time? Having a pretty good time. Joe. Morning at the VMAs. Just woke up, drinking a Pepsi Cola, having a good time. But as the coroner's report indicates, Corey had relapsed before. So on the night he died, had he fallen afoul of his addiction once again? Corey has no marijuana, ecstasy, cocaine, or crystal meth in his bloodstream. So whatever his intention was with the glass pipe, it did not play a role in his death. But Dr. Hunter finds evidence that could explain Corey's death. It's clear that in the last few weeks of his life, Corey was fighting a deadly battle against his inner demons.
It's Dr. J. Buzz von Ornsteiner. If you like what you're hearing, check out the dark crime mysteries on your TV on Reels channel. There are the horrifying true stories of murderers like the Unabomber, who used the mail to claim his victims, and Ted Bundy, the serial killer who used his good looks to stalk unsuspecting women. Then check out the Reels medical mystery series, Autopsy, that reveals what really killed screen and music legends like Robin Williams, Lucille Ball, Prince, and Johnny Cash. You can find Reels on your TV at Reels.com. That's R-E-E-L-Z.com. Then check the top of the screen to find Reels in your area. July 13th. 2013. Millions of Glee fans around the world are stunned by the news of Corey Monteith's death. The Hollywood heartthrob was just 31 years old. Now, world-renowned forensic pathologist Dr. Michael Hunter is investigating his sudden shocking death. Corey Monteith was not what he appeared. Beneath this clean-cut exterior lay an old life scarred by alcohol and drugs. Despite an apparent successful battle with his addiction to alcohol, the night that he died, he was drinking, but not to the level that would have killed him. There is no evidence that Corey had taken any of his childhood drugs of choice, cocaine, ecstasy, or crystal meth. So the precise reason for his death remains unclear. Evening, July 11th, 2013. 36 hours before Corey's death. He's enjoying dinner with close friends. His agent, Elena Kirshner, and casting director, Maureen Webb. After discussing his future, Corey's keen to talk about new ways to support Project Limelight a kid's charity he helped found the previous year. According to Maureen Webb, Corey's in high spirits during a laugh-filled night. Before they leave the cafe, Corey poses for photos. He uploads one to his Twitter profile. It's the last known photograph of Corey alive. In the police report, Dr. Hunter finds another disturbing clue. When the police searched his room, they didn't find any evidence of foul play. But they did find on a table near his body a spoon with apparent drug residue and a hypodermic needle. Corey first turned to using drugs intravenously after dropping out of school in the late 90s. I remember him telling me that he used to be an addict with heroin um, when he was a teenager. And to be honest, I didn't believe him. In heroin, I mean, it's like of all the drugs, that's such a taboo, you think of train spotting or something, and you think of, you know, needles under a bridge and, and just really, you know, this certain type of person. And, you know, obviously that's not Corey. 
Summer, 2012, a year before Corey's death. Age 30, after 10 years of playing a clean-cut teenager, Corey wanted to break free. He had expressed concerns about being typecast. He didn't want to, you know, necessarily have an entire career based around, you know, the jock, the all-American boy, because he played that, you know, forever. So he was definitely looking forward. Two years before his death, he had revealed his frustrations with the role of Finn on Canadian TV. People have always made a lot of assumptions. You know, you look, you see this, this uh, young all-American quarterback-looking dude on the show, and you just immediately make assumptions. And I think people started really identifying me with those assumptions, which is uh, the media, and I understand that. But at the same time, I felt like I had to step in at some point and relate to people my experience and re relate to people the truth of you know, my life and where I come from. One of the things that's, that's really important for, for most individuals is to feel that the, the person that they're projecting has a, at least some resemblance to, to the values that they have inside. Now, if now I'm being asked to kind of sing pretty songs and, you know, have perfect teeth and hair, then while that might work initially, ultimately, I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm selling a lie. And in Corey's case, he was a really authentic guy. He was someone that, that didn't want to do that. Now Hollywood hot property, Corey could have had the pick of various high-profile roles. But instead, he was drawn to a low-budget feature film called Mechanic, where he plays a hustler and heroin addict living on the streets, closely echoing his own life. It's not your fault. From the moment he was cast, Corey immersed himself in the role. Corey, uh, this is a, a character that is in, in extreme contrast to what we know you as, I would assume. <laughs> yeah. As soon as I found out that we were going to do this thing, you know, it just became kind of everything I lived and breathed and ate and slept. Corey's role in Mechanic was a really dark, gritty role that required a sort of method acting. Now, method acting means you, you live it, you breathe it. Now, if somebody is doing this, even in a perfectly happy, healthy mental state, it's going to be trying at the best of times. However, if you're playing roles that somehow trigger difficult experiences for you, especially when you're the kind of actor that takes it very seriously, is going to be emotionally trying. As Corey was about to start filming, newspapers alleged that he was already using heroin. This photograph taken a year prior to his death in July of 2012 allegedly shows fresh needle marks on one of his arms. Months after filming finished on October 1st, there was evidence that Corey was still using heroin. I do remember sometime early 2013, um, getting a phone call uh, from a mutual friend uh, saying that they had found um, drug paraphernalia in his room, um, which I, I, I believe was needles. Dr. Hunter thinks Corey's long-standing addiction to heroin could have been responsible for his death. Toxicology tests confirm that he injected drugs on the night that he died. It actually shows that there's six monoacetyl morphine in his system, and that's also known as 6-MAM, a byproduct of heroin. 
Heroin is a drug made from morphine, which is extracted from the opium poppy. Used recreationally, heroin causes the release of the neurotransmitter dopamine, which acts on a pleasure center in the brain, resulting in an intense euphoric high. When injected, heroin causes a rapid, intense release of dopamine, and this increases the likelihood of addiction. With heroin, it can take you into this really private, dark place. It seems like with Corey and heroin, it seemed like such a personal thing that he was hiding from everybody. I think the fact that a lot of the people close to him maybe weren't aware, you know, really shows how private it was. Dr. Hunter suspects Corey could have been taking heroin for at least a year before his death. Corey was clearly an experienced drug user, and he would know how much drug he could tolerate. And this leads me to question whether one dose of heroin would be sufficient enough to kill him. So was there something wrong with the heroin? Had the drug been cut with something maybe more poisonous? And that's the reason why Corey died. I remember, you know, early on hearing some rumors about, you know, maybe it was a bad batch of heroin. On Vancouver's downtown east side, a neighborhood known for its dangerous street life, the newest danger, fentanyl. Fentanyl is a powerful synthetic opioid used to treat severe pain for cancer and major surgery. It's a hundred times more powerful than morphine. If heroin is cut with fentanyl and injected unknowingly, that places that person at tremendous risk for respiratory depression and ultimately death. In BC, the drug has taken hold. Since 2011, there has been an increase in fentanyl-related deaths. In the first four months of this year, 23 people have died. This report aired just six weeks before Corey's death. The coroner's report proves that fentanyl was not in his system when he died. So, I'm still looking for the precise cause of death. Glee star Corey Monteith died suddenly in 2013. And forensic pathologist Dr. Michael Hunter is investigating his final hours and days. Corey had injected heroin the night that he died. But for me, that doesn't explain his death. The amount of heroin in his system was simply not enough to kill him. Neither was he an unwitting victim of a contaminated batch as many had feared. Early evening, July 12th, 2013. Approximately 10 hours before his death. Corey is in his hotel room with three friends. There's evidence that despite attending an AA meeting earlier in the week, Corey has fallen off the wagon. The coroner's report tells me that there were two bottles of champagne 
and multiple glasses were found on a nearby table in the room. And as we know, alcohol was found in his system. He has clearly sunk back into addiction. The idea that anyone who suffers with addiction should just say, well, do you know what, I'm not doing it. And once they've done that enough times and it becomes really easy, is ridiculous. It's not easy. There's parts of your brain to do with memory and learning that learn and remember that that's the thing that makes you feel good. That's why people that, that have worked with addiction call it recovery rather than recovered. It's something that you deal with moment by moment. It's an issue that other people around him have started to notice. March 28th. 2013, Fox Studios, Los Angeles. Three and a half months before his death. Corey's called in to speak with Glee creator Ryan Murphy. Corey was late several times for work and that people began sensing from the smell of his breath that there were problems and that there were issues. We understand from sources that at times he would nick bottles of whiskey in just under an hour and would then continue drinking until he passed out. But it's not only his drinking that Murphy is concerned about. It's his suspicion that Corey is taking drugs. To Corey's dismay, Murphy tells him he's pulling him off the show, despite there being two episodes left to film. Being told that... The one thing that you do, and you do well, you can no longer do. No discussion because of your addiction is going to be hugely difficult. If you think about a show like Glee, which was so big internationally, it was huge. Now, if the rhythm of your life changes and the whole world knows about it, then it's a double whammy, which is why when there's high-profile changes like this in actors' lives, we see them many times struggling. 10 p.m., July 12, 2013. Around six hours before his death. Corey is at the Portside Bar in East Vancouver, a few minutes' walk from his hotel. Reports are he's still drinking. Corey's suspension from Glee wasn't the only thing playing on his mind. According to friends, his year-long relationship with Glee co-star, Leah Michelle, had hit problems. So could Corey have been drowning his sorrows? We know that at the time of his death, he had a moderate amount of alcohol in his system, but he may have drunk more. You can metabolize up to, say, 0.2 milligrams percent of alcohol per hour, and that's the equivalent of a glass of wine or a bottle of beer. So although he may have not been drinking real heavily, he may have been intoxicated 
prior to going back to his hotel room. 2.16 a.m., July 13, 2013. Approximately two hours before his death. Corey is caught on camera as he returns to his hotel. He's alone as he enters his 21st floor room. Precisely what happens next is unknown. But 10 hours later, hotel staff find him collapsed on the floor. And near him on a table was a spoon with heroin residue as well as a hypodermic needle. When paramedics arrive, it's apparent he's been dead for several hours. They do not attempt resuscitation. Ten hours later, news of Corey's death breaks. Hollywood is mourning the loss of a bright young star, Corey Monteith, who rose to fame on Glee. The 31-year-old actor was found dead late yesterday. A cause of death has yet to be determined. Frederick Robinson, actor and friend. This isn't real. You're not telling me this. It's just, there's no way you're telling me that he's dead. I'm just thinking, like, this can't be happening. I remember struggling, just struggling uh, with the news. It was unbelievable. It was a very dark day. It was a very dark day. My gut instinct, my immediate reaction was, oh my God, this was an accident. There was zero inclination or any kind of uh, evidence that he was ever on a downward spiral. When Corey's body was taken for autopsy, initial results were inconclusive. So fast-track toxicology tests were carried out. Heroin's role in his death can't be ignored. But for me, the reason for his death lies elsewhere. On July 13th, 2013, Glee star Corey Monteith was found lying on the floor of his Vancouver hotel room. He had been dead for several hours. World-renowned forensic pathologist Dr. Michael Hunter is looking to determine the cause. In recent months, Corey's life has taken a turn for the worse. He'd been pulled from glee, his personal life was in crisis, and on the night that he died, he was drinking alcohol and he injected heroin. Dr. Hunter now feels he has sufficient evidence to explain Corey's death. It's clear that Corey Monteith had a complex relationship with both drugs and alcohol, stretching back to his teenage years. He had multiple stints of rehabilitation, followed by periods in which he remained clean. But in the last year of his life, faced with what he may have considered to be insurmountable issues, his resolve weakened and he turned once again to alcohol and heroin. And both of these drugs were found in his system the night that he died. But I believe that this would not have killed him had it not been for a crucial event. When Corey was pulled off Glee at the end of March 2013, 15 weeks before his death, he was immediately sent to rehab. On entry, 
he sent his millions of followers this upbeat tweet. Such a beautiful day, truly seeing the forest for the trees. I can see that he stayed for 28 days, and when he left, he immediately tweeted a message that he was doing just great. Dr. Hunter believes Corey's month in rehab is critical to understanding how he died. There is a tragic irony here in that the risk for overdose from drugs dramatically increases the first few months after leaving rehab. Evidence suggests Corey may have been using heroin for at least a year before he was sent to rehab. When he came out on April 26th, 11 weeks before his death, he was clean of the drug. But on returning alone to his hotel in the early hours of July 13th, 2013, Corey's craving for heroin took control. Fresh from his month of rehab, Corey lost any of the tolerance that he built up over his prolonged use. When someone stops using opioid drugs, the tolerance starts to decrease. If they start back on that drug at the same level, that can result in toxic and fatal consequences. Corey was used to three months earlier now would have a much more substantial effect on suppressing his nervous system, which controls his breathing. What Corey hadn't considered was the effect another drug in his system was already having. Corey was unaware that his central nervous system was already depressed because of the amount of alcohol he'd consumed throughout the evening. Within seconds after injecting the heroin, these two drugs combine to suppress his ability to breathe. And as his breathing slows, the heart has a much more difficult time pumping oxygen-rich blood throughout his body. Ultimately, it was the alcohol and heroin in combination that killed him and not the heroin in isolation. The coroner therefore concluded that Corey's death was an accident. I get the impression that it was a one-off. I get the impression that he thought he could get away with one night. But I mean, that's, that's all it takes, is one unfortunate night. It's just too bad it had to happen to him then. Corey's weeks in rehab may have left his body clean. But the psychological roots of his addictions that he had battled for nearly two decades remained. 
Puri was living with an illness um, that I had no idea the significance of how um, that demon haunted him. He had such a huge heart and was such an inspiration to anyone around him that you couldn't help want everything for him. Just through his personality, he would have ended up being a huge star, and for the right reasons. Oh, wait, look at that. It's Corey Monteith. Two years before his death, Corey had hoped his story would be an inspiration for all those battling addiction. You know, if I can, through my experience, shed light on the way out of a difficult situation that I'm, I know many kids are experiencing, you know, just like I did when I was a teenager, I mean, it's, that's, that's huge. Hi, guys. Cool. Showtime, brother. See ya, showtime. But at the height of his fame, Corey's name was added to the long list of Hollywood celebrities to succumb to addiction. It's a tragic accident. But what Corey's death reveals is that there's danger in mixing multiple drugs, even at low levels. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Autopsy. Don't forget to subscribe at podcastone.com with the Podcast One app or at Apple Podcasts. Then go to reels.com, that's R-E-E-L-Z.com, for clips, extras, and more from the TV version of the series, including reenactments and autopsy photos you'll only see on Reels' channel. Find Reels on your TV at reels.com. I'm Dr. Michael Hunter.